People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. This is the Under the Visor podcast. From the OU Insider Studios, here's your host, Brandon Drum. Under the Visor post-game podcast where myself, uh, assistant team and lead, assistant, I keep saying lead, assistant team and recruiting <laughs> analyst Colin Kennedy is on with us, along with our chief editor and content manager, Joey Helmer. Guys, 33-14 TCU was demolished. Um, I really wanted our guy... Uh, Jeremy Clark to be on with us. He does over at Hornfrog, hornfrogblitz.com uh, for 247 Sports. He does a really good job. He is under the weather. Uh, he couldn't even make the game today, unfortunately. So thoughts and prayers for him. He's so but thoughts and prayers for him, man. Like that's, yeah, we're hoping he doesn't oh, have to. He thinks he might have it. So, um, but, hopefully uh, hopefully you know. he does not have COVID. Like yeah, it, he, he thinks he just has. just nasty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thoughts and prayers for him, but it was a dominating performance for the Sooners. I guess first things first, we've got to talk about Spencer Rattler because he looked like a man on a mission today. Uh, he was pinpoint even on passes that down the field that were dropped and or pass interference. They were on target. I mean, the guy was throwing dimes and fireballs out there all day. And against one of the best, if not the best defense overall in the Big 12, I would argue, um, at least talent or top to bottom-wise, depth-wise, TCU's very, very good. And they're obviously coached by the wizard, wizard of, the defense wizard of Oz himself, Gary Patterson. So, Colin, we'll start with you. Spencer Rattler, is this just a sign of things to come? Did we get to see, literally, we talked about him growing up in that Texas, those four overtimes. And then you see the performance he had today on the road against a really good defense in TCU. And he nailed it again. And he hadn't, he wasn't making, there wasn't a bad decision out there uh, outside of maybe taking a couple of sacks. He shouldn't have. He was, he was playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the country today. I don't think that's hyperbole at all. Uh, What's your overall take on him? I mean, I just thought he grew up before our eyes again. This guy is going to continue to gain experience, and as he does, he's going to become the quarterback that everyone expected him to be. And honestly, kind of like you mentioned, there weren't very many bad decisions. And even when he looked like he was making a bad decision, I honestly just credit it to TCU's coverage down the field. There were some moments where he just didn't have anyone open. And so you'd much rather him pull it down or – 
see what he can do more towards the line of scrimmage than force something down the field. And that's what he did. So first off, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about him. Credit a ton to the offensive line. They absolutely manhandled that TCU defensive front and pass protection. And one sack allowed today is definitely something you need to do in order to give that redshirt freshman the time to operate against a defense like that. But Rattler starting to make the decisions that a division one level quarterback typically makes. And as he gets better and better, so will this team. And I think this is only the beginning and we're going to see a whole lot more of that in the games to come. I'm excited about what's to come for him, man. Yeah. uh, Joey Spencer Rattler. I think Colin hit it on the head. He's just growing up right before our very eyes. Um, And he's playing like the player that we all assumed he was going to be when he showed up to Oklahoma. And granted, I think a lot of that, it was unfair for us to assume he was going to be Jalen Hurts, you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, Kyler Murray. That's unfair. Those guys are three of the better quarterbacks come out of college and, you know, the last decade. So that's, I mean, that's, that's an unfair care. It's unfair for us to compare him to them, but such is life when you're the starting quarterback at the university of Oklahoma um, and you play for Lincoln Riley. So what, what's your thoughts on his play today? Do, do you see him by the end of the year being at least talked about in the realms of Heisman? If he can continue to play like this, they talked about it on the, the cast, the, the broadcast. Did, is him being at least getting some sort of maybe fourth, fifth place Heisman votes, is that out of the question by the end of the season? At this rate, oh, play it, like this. You know, and I don't know if we need to talk about Heisman at this exactly. point. Exactly. I just wanted to make a mockery of the, the broadcast, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but, it, look, the guy goes 13 for 22 for 332 and two touches today. And when you look back at the last couple of weeks that this guy has played, the second half of the Texas game in overtime was really good. Like, yeah. he, like he was – he the, the guy was honestly outstanding – uh, he almost fumbles the ball um, in, in the fourth quarter of that game, but he is pretty good after Spencer, uh, after Lincoln, you know, benches him in that game. And then today he was pretty good as well. So, uh, like I said, 13 of 22 and 332 and two touchdowns. Like, he, he guys, he was pretty good today. Like, I, you know, you, you can nitpick this or that on his nine incompletions, but he took care of the football. He didn't make mistakes. Hey, he, he got Oklahoma to a victory today, guys. Look, you're doing something right if you complete 13 balls and you throw for over 330 yards. Now, granted, I'll, I'll credit the receivers as well to, the, to that extent, but, man, you only throw 13 completions and you get 33-plus, Brandon, that's, that's a good day at the office. Well, I don't think I think you're you're shots. You're kind of burying the lead shots. here. Yeah, you're, you're yeah exactly. You're burying the lead here. Yard t- two fifty plus yard yard touchdowns, guys. Like, yeah, that's what I was getting at. You're burying the lead when you say that because how many times did they take shots down the field? And it's almost like I guess Gary Patterson was daring them to do something to that extent with his man to man defense and and creeping up, almost saying, "Hey." We don't trust you guys to go deep for getting in – In a secondary, by the way, that has not been good at all this season. Like, well, they, they've been giving up chunk plays 
yeah. all year. That's the thing is that TCU was susceptible to the big play, and I think Lincoln Riley dialed up the play calls to combat that. And then Noah Daniels, if I remember correctly, went down in the second half at one point. Right. And that's their best defensive back. So at that stage, man, you just let Spencer air it out, and that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, I we we can all applaud Spencer. We can all talk about how well he's done. And we all seem to quickly bash the defense. We're all guilty of it. The second a big play happens, but notoriously this year and even last year, this Oklahoma defense has been good. And I'm talking about 2019 and 2020 for long portions of ball games. And I'm saying like, hey, wait, wait, hold, hold on one sec. We're, we're going to talk about what you're talking about, but like as we're going, we got Oklahoma State and Iowa State going. So we need to talk about the Big 12 for Oklahoma at this point. Go ahead. Right. We'll get we'll get to that here in a second, but as not now, shove my my mouth full of food. Um, all right, now better. Um, so yeah, the the defense we're quick to bash, but are we quick to praise? And they've done really really good for 80-90% of the the game, dating back to last year. Every game, LSU excluded. They were really, really solid for a good portion of the ball game, every ball game. This was a complete game. They dominated from kickoff to the time that final clock went to zero. And I, you're starting to me, I think you're starting to see a defense that is gaining confidence. They're starting to be a defense that is, you're seeing the pieces come together. I think Woody Washington is. He's going to be a superstar. Right. But I think as far as him putting the piece, his, him being a puzzle piece to this, he was one of those, you know, where you're looking for that one piece and you can't find it for such a long time. And then all of a sudden you look over out of the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, crap, there's that one piece I've been looking for. Because you'd moved on to other things, right, throughout this whole puzzle. That's Woody Washington. That is Woody Washington right now for Oklahoma. He creates a problem. He is something they were missing when Parnell Motley left because Trey Brown, when Parnell Motley was around last year in 2019, Trey Brown and Parnell Motley, as far as completion percentages and passing attempts and all that stuff, batted balls and all that great P, uh, pro football focus stuff that they do uh, statistics wise, they were top 10. Well, Woody Washington has played a lot or Trey Brown's played better since Woody Washington's coming to the fold. And in turn, you're seeing this defense play better. Now, granted, there's still Buki made some plays that you just head scratching. Oh, what in the hell are you doing? Um, but other than that, I thought it was a fantastic performance by the defense, especially up front. Colin, talk to me. Am I yeah, that, that's where I'm going. It, the defensive line gets all the flowers for me because yeah. one of my takes going into this game for, against TCU was – okay, the Horn Frogs offensive line may be one of the worst I've seen in the entire Big 12 conference. And if Oklahoma did not expose that front five, then that was going to be a bad sign for me. Well, Perrion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, those guys definitely did that and more. They sped up the process for Max Duggan. I mean, what, TCU had like 75 yards rushing total today? 
I, they just completely eliminated what TCU wanted to do in either facet of the game offensively. And for Max Duggan to not to be able to really get the ball out to some of those playmakers on the perimeter very often without facing some sort of pressure. And then that stable of running backs constantly facing pressure in their face. I mean, it just seemed like the defensive line, especially in the first half was timing the snap well and penetrating. And so the defensive line for me gets all the praise because that TCU front, yes, it was really bad, but they had to make sure they made it look that way. And that's exactly right. what the line did. No, they, they were so good. Uh, uh, Perian Winfrey to me was just, <laughs> he was an animal today. Guys, this is a pretty good offensive line, a uh, pretty good defensive line. Excuse me. Like they, they're wreaking havoc right now. And we're talking like without Jalen Redmond and Ronnie Perkins, like yeah. this is a pretty good defensive line right now. Marcus Hicks. I know he hasn't played a whole lot during his tenure at Oklahoma, but he was working with the ones when he tore his Achilles tendon. So, I mean, that, that tells you just how deep and everybody bashes on Tibbs and, you know, maybe there's some, there's some issues, you know, that people have with certain things that go on within the defensive line, but he has done a good job building it. I mean, Look where what 2015 it was a really good defensive line, right? You had Charles Tapper, you had Charles Walker, you had um, I'm trying to think of all the guys. You had uh, you had Stryker coming off the edge. You had some really good players on that defensive. Jordan Wade. Uh, that was a good defensive line. 2016 on, there were some struggles. Devontae Lampkin finally came around and played really well in 2017, and then you didn't get a good defensive line play until after Mike's. Well, and you, and you have the Imani Bledsoe saga, right? The Imani Bledsoe. That was where I was going. Imani Bledsoe saga. And then uh, 2019 rolls around and Neville Gallimore shows up to be who he, we all thought he was the first three and a half, four years of his career, but he was catching blocks instead of doing what he was supposed to be doing. And that's shooting gaps. Um, and it showed, and now he's playing for the Cowboys, but this defensive line to me is just deep. It's deep and it's talented. And that's, you got to credit Tibbs on his recruiting because he's built that. And you look at the 2021 class coming in on the heels of this 2020 class, it looks really good. I mean, my God, there's something going on here. It, it, Tibbs has got this thing going to where he's going to have guys just, you know, coming in, they refill instead of, you know, trying to rebuild. And I think that's something that Oklahoma's missed for a long time. And maybe they're there yet. I don't know. It's early on. We'll see. But the progress is looking good, right? Guys, yeah. like, like, no, sorry to cut you off, Colin, but uh, oh, yeah. like Isaiah Thomas right now is becoming a player, right? In front of our eyes. Like a guy that, like Lincoln said last week before the game, that, yeah, you know, he, he could have transferred or this or that, and he stuck it out, and he's becoming a player. You talk TFLs on the D on the D line right now. Isaiah Thomas, Perron mm-hmm. Winfrey, Laron Stokes, Corey Robertson, Marcus Stripling. Like this is a defensive line right now that is playing really well. Like, yeah. and again, like I said earlier. Playing with out Jalen Redmond 
without Ronnie Perkins, who are two of your best players. Like, they stepped up today, guys. And I also want to add that it's very good to see Jordan Kelly out there making plays. Uh, yeah. Just, just yeah. seeing him back on the field, guys, that is incredibly encouraging. And I think everyone knows kind of what he's been dealing with over the past few seasons. And he was a contributor for this game against TCU. So I, I'm excited to see kind of what you're talking about, Brandon and Joey, the, the depth that is being created here with Josh Ellison and Corey Roberson or Marcus Stripling or now Jordan Kelly. There's some, some nice depth. Guys, yeah, some of these guys are starting to figure it out, come to their own, get healthy and feel good about the system and the, the playing level that they're asked to play at. And I think it's all kind of starting to come together. And again, they don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. So I'm very excited to see what takes place. Now, again, I will also be the realist that I can be at times and say, again, that TCU offensive line I've scouted once or twice, and they are yeah, they're not very good. Really they're not very good. They they're really not, bad. Colin, we yeah. we said that in Sooner Digest this week. Like they're yes. you, you, actually you said it. Like they're not, if Oklahoma can't wreck them, who are they going to wreck in the Big Twelve? Yeah, that that was again a point that I really tried to hammer home. But at the same time, I mean, just to see some of these guys settle into the D one level right now, you have to be somewhat encouraged. Well, the other guy on the other side of the ball, TJ Pleasure, back to back one hundred yard games, stud. He's coming on, guys. He's everything everybody thought he was going to be when he first showed up. Another guy that took his lumps had injuries, struggled to get on the field because when he'd get injured, here would come a Ramondre Stevens starting to play really well. You know what I mean? Like it, it just – or Rodney Anderson got hurt and Trey Sermon. That's 22 for 122 in the touch. Yep. And then Trey Sermon came on even more in 2018. Uh, and who was the other running back in – oh, Kenny Brooks took his spot. So – it, it was just like one thing after another. It just sucked for the kid, and you felt really bad for him. And now all of a sudden, look, here he is. He's getting, his, he's getting 20, 20 touches a game, and he's rushing for over 100 yards, 120, 140 here. And you're starting to see him catch out of the backfield some and do this and do that, do the things that he was brought to Norman to do and everybody thought he could do. It's just he's finally able to get into a rhythm and stay healthy, and I think that – that to me is I'm, – I'm a big fan of the, the people side of all this, as you all know. So this is huge for me to be able to see TJ really start to shine when, you know, it, it looked like for a long time he was the next person that's going to be entering into the transfer portal. TJ deserves all this and more. I think everyone can agree around the program, whoever covers the program. He's a guy that everyone wanted to see – receives some sort of platform and this season has provided that and he's taken on every single opportunity and faced it head on and he succeeded and it's not like he's just out there lackadaisically picking up yardage with extreme help from the offensive line I mean this guy's got some good burst he looks really agile he knows how to read and react the guy can just run the football and so I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. I really do think Oklahoma has a feature back right now in TJ Pledger. He is a guy who, in my opinion, can 
play on first, second, and third down, which can be rare at times. But he's also a guy that you just can be confident in when a play needs to be made or when you just need to grind things out. And that's what TJ Pledger has done now in a couple of different occasions. So I want to see what happens next. Like, I just feel like he's just now scratching the surface, and he's a darn good football player, man. He's proving it. Okay, so we talked about him. We talked about we talked about pleasure. We've talked about the defensive line. We talked about Rattler. We haven't talked about Marvin Mims. <laughs> I think that has to He's be talked good, about. Guys. <laughs> so let's discuss. Colin, you and I covered him in high school quite a bit. We went to a bunch of his games. We've witnessed this type of play for the last two years. Uh, people forget that this guy was committed to Stanford at one point. Um, he was going to be a Stanford Cardinal, and OU fans need to thank God that, that he's not a Stanford. Cardinal. That he's not a Stanford Cardinal, and how it played out was, if I remember, I'm trying to think who decommitted from OU that caused that to happen. I'm trying to think, and they went and pressed Marvin. Colin, can you help me here? Because I'm totally. I'm- I can't remember who it was in that class that decommitted and opened that spot. It's 2020. But. Somebody decommitted, and they went right after Marvin Mims because he had, he was already they had already been pressing him, and it seemed like, you know, uh, just a matter of time before it all happened, and then yeah. it did, and. Not only that, it was one of those deals where you were talking to sources and Norman, they're like, we feel really bad for not doing it to begin with and going after this kid. You look at his stats, you look the way he plays. You had to go in and you had to dig to find out why he ran such slow times at all these camps. Mm -hmm. People don't know he's a very good basketball player too. And he played at both camps. He went in and played basketball the night before because he was, he's the type of kid that it doesn't matter if he has something that's going to help himself in the future. He's going to put others before himself. And he put his AU team before himself when he didn't have to go and he could have rested his legs. He knew he was having to run the 40 and stuff like that because he's an ultra competitor. There's no way he's not going to turn down. Hey, Marvin, you want to come run this 40-yard dash? No, I'm not going to do it because I had three basketball games the night before. I was in the tournament. That's not him. He's going to do it. You've seen the way he plays out on the field right now. That's why he did it. And he goes and he runs a 4-6, right? Almost 4-7. Both camps. And people are scratching their head like, how in the hell is this guy doing so well in Texas high school football and he's slow? He's not slow. He's a 4-3-4-4 guy. Laser time. He just had dead legs both times that he went out there. And nobody knows that story. I mean, you saw Dean Blevins ask that same question, right? And Riley had to tell the story for everybody. We knew it, Colin, but not a lot of people knew it because they didn't follow recruiting as hard as we do. But we've seen this guy dominate. We saw him single-handedly beat Highland Park last year in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been doing this for years. Walk everybody through, Colin, your breakdown of what you saw of him in high school and talk about some things that you think that he's even better at now that he's in college. The, the best thing that Marvin Mims brings to the table, because everyone wanted to question his physical presence in high school right. is his stupid ability. Stupid. And we all thought he was a five-star. Did we not call him? 
we were he, he's a five star. He's an incredible player, and it's pretty obvious now. But one of my favorite plays from him was that Highland Park game on fourth down to save the game. He is facing double coverage. The ball is underthrown, but he overruns the throw to lead the Highland Park defenders on, then cuts back and adjusts to the throw for the Mm -hmm. touchdown. And it's like not a lot of high schoolers know how to do that. And obviously he's not the tallest or the biggest guy. He sometimes doesn't time the way people want him to, but Marvin is just this ultra competitor who brings – an incredible amount of maturity to the playing field. And then once his natural physical abilities translate, he's almost impossible to stop. You're seeing that unfold now, but it's something that the Texas high school football scene had known for a while. And I mean, people still question him up until he signed the dotted line with Oklahoma and even then into camp. But anyone who knew what Marvin Mims brought to the table knew he was going to find success. And I think now, He's just become an even more impressive physical specimen. And to match that with that maturity and intellect, man, it, the, the sky is the limit for him. So I was talking to a source short, shortly after everybody returned. They started fall practice. And this guy is about as good at dissecting talent, if you will. He's very good at it. And he said to me, verbatim, drum, that Austin Stogner and that Marvin Mims are not going to be around in Norman for very long. They're pretty good. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, I'll tell you this much. If they continue to, if they play the way they play in practice, like they do in games, there's no way possible they're going to stick around more than three years in Norman. Fast forward to October, and they are the two most dominant players on that offense, not named Spencer Rattler and TJ Bludger. So um, I think that the the source was pretty spot on. Um, And the, the scary part about it, here's the scary part about it, Big 12 fans. If you're listening and you're an opponent of Oklahoma or opposing fan, they get Jaden Hazelwood back by the first week of November. Mm. Next week, they get Trajan Bridges and Ramondre Stevenson. Mm. Enjoy. <laughs> and, th- and then that kind of goes into Joey. Did somebody say offense? Yeah. I mean, this team's getting better and better, and it's like – where do they now stand in terms of the landscape of the Big 12, Joe? And that's something I know you're very excited to discuss. And it Yes, let's, let's go there. Good. Let's go there because this actually transitions perfectly into that discussion. Perfect discussion. Yep. Perfect so, transition. The return of those three guys and potentially – I keep getting people DMing me saying that Ronnie Perkins is telling everybody, dude – Ronnie Perkins hasn't been around the facility from everything I've heard. I mean, have you heard that too, Colin? That he's been kind of MIA a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, granted, that may be hyperbole. You know, he may have missed here or there. You know, I I don't want people to freak out. That's I guess that's where I'm going at because this whole Ronnie Perkins thing is weird as as – I don't want to touch it. 
Exactly. That's kind of where oh, we're going. It's it's ever changing, is what it is. Yeah, that's why that's why we're going to move on from that. I was just trying to make a point that there's a reason why we don't go into great detail about it ever, not even on the board, because the second when you say something, it changes to something different, and we're like, okay, well, I thought it was this yesterday, and the sources are like, yeah, well, it was. Well, now it's this, and you're like, holy crap. There's a reason why Lincoln Riley said I, I could write a whole chapter on it. I mean, it's crazy. So, anyways, you're guaranteed to get back two of the three suspended guys for Texas Tech as long as things keep the, I'll put it like this. Right now, there's if they don't play against Texas Tech, I think everybody will be shocked. Colin, be shocked. That's that's probably the timetable everyone's expecting. Yeah, because that's game six. So exactly, everybody will be shocked if they don't play. People I've talked to said they're playing, so and I trust them. Trust these people for a reason. Um, having said that, you get Jaden Hazelwood against Kansas. He could come back against Texas Tech for all I know. I don't know. The timetable right now is Kansas. He could he's he's ahead of schedule. They're hoping for Kansas. If he comes back against Tech, great. That's even better for OU fans. If he comes back against Oklahoma State, great. That's still good for OU fans, right? Well, I mean, because you're getting guys, back in 2020. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. What's that? Oklahoma's not going to lose another football game in the regular That's season. That's bold. <laughs> I think it is. I mean, they're they're going to be favored against Oklahoma State, but that's like, what when makes you it look, not bold. Well, look, look, look. Yeah, judge the first five games. What would but not they should, make they it should bold? be five and zero oh, though? Yeah, yeah, you, you're not wrong. You're yeah, absolutely not wrong, but. For me right now to say they're going to go to Lubbock on Halloween next weekend. That's weird. That sucks for anybody that's to go through that. At, at Morgantown could be tough. Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure it's super bold. But to say they're going to win out based on the inconsistencies we've seen from this team, I think is decently bold. Well, Joey, let me ask you this. Are you – are you calling them to win the conference title? That's what I want to know. That, that that's that's the question. Whoa. I think that I think that's where we're going at with this because Whoa. we're talking about the things that they 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 have to do with this conference. You know what? It, it well as we're watching right now, we're and for viewers. Once we get this posted, this game's going to be over. I think I think it benefits Oklahoma honestly if. If Oklahoma State wins against Iowa State. Oh, drastically. Because you feel better about your chances of Oklahoma State losing to someone else the rest of the way. And then, say, Iowa State losing two more. And if Iowa State, say, is to win this game, then, look, you got to have Iowa State and K-State. Both those teams got to lose three games, right? So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Oklahoma is certainly in the picture right now. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, I think they're going to win out. Okay, we're going to break down Iowa State. We're going to break down Iowa State's schedule the rest of the season real quick, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's Let's do this. Okay, 
So let's say they it, it, okay, it's twenty one fourteen with twelve minutes left to go. They still got to go to Austin. And Oklahoma State has a ball and they're driving almost into the red zone of Iowa State. Worst case scenario is they don't score here. Best case scenario is they they go up twenty eight fourteen. The other scenario is is twenty four fourteen. They kick a field goal. So okay. So say they they win the ball game here. Uh, Oklahoma State beats Iowa State. So that's one loss in the Big Twelve. They go to Kansas. That's a win for them. They have Baylor at home. That's another win. Now they have Kansas State at home, which you assume is a win. I don't win. know if Iowa State beats Baylor. By the way. I don't. I don't know that Iowa State loses more than two games this year. That's why you got to have Oklahoma State this weekend, right now. You, you it, wouldn't have matter. it wouldn't matter. You have they're going to have a tiebreaker on Oklahoma. If, if if both teams have two losses, they have the mm-hmm. tiebreaker beating OU. Same got, with Kansas gotta, State. Gotta have Iowa State. One of the two has to lose three, right? Oklahoma right, State well, or K-State. And right now it's your chance. And, you know, so does Texas K-State, and Oklahoma State play. K State will, I think K State will lose to West Virginia in Morgantown. That's I, I do think that I do think they'll lose to Oklahoma State, and I think they'll lose to Texas. So I think they have three losses. They they can be. You know, Oklahoma they have to. They need. Fans. They need to be. They need to be. You need K State to beat Iowa State. Honestly. Well, in Oklahoma fans aren't going to like to hear this, but on Halloween next weekend. I think we pull for Texas over Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Why would you do that? Gotta have Oklahoma State lose a game. <clears throat> no, you just need one of. You just need you both got, Oklahoma State. State's got to lose a game, and then and then you beat Oklahoma State, and then then you got the tiebreaker. It doesn't matter if if Iowa State and Kansas State have three losses. That's correct. You, you still have OU and OSU and the Big 12 title. OU screwed themselves to start the season, like just completely botched their chances to... You need to split those games. If they split those games, if they split those games, I'm sitting here right now going, yeah, they probably are going to be in the Big 12 title. I don't know how that's going to happen at this point. You need Iowa State to really fold. They need to lose four games. I don't see how that's going to happen. Need to lose three. Oklahoma's got to win out. Lose three, and they're good. Colin, what's your take on all this? Like, what do you think the odds are of them doing it? Because I think it's slim. I just, I can't see it. I don't know. I'm just it's, there's so many dominoes, and it feels like, okay, every year Oklahoma gets in this position, right, where they need something to go their way. And it usually ends up happening, but it's also not to the degree in which Oklahoma currently faces so I don't I don't know that I would call my shot saying oh you's gonna be in the big 12 title game this year just because yeah so much has to go wrong for other teams but at the same time I'll say this man like we're watching this Oklahoma State Iowa State game right now this is gross like this is these are probably two of the better teams of the big 12 and this has been a gross football game so at this stage, man, I don't think the Big 12 is honestly very good. And 
chaos can ensue because of that. So in the end, who knows what's going to happen over the next few weeks. But And like I said right here, it was going to be in the middle. Let me let me ask you let me ask you guys a question. Like, do you feel like either of these teams that you're watching right now? And obviously, OU would would be both. But you don't have to finish the question. OU beats both if they play. Right. Yep. Oklahoma is better than both these teams. The the October version of Oklahoma is better than these two teams. Correct. There's no doubt. The September version is not. This brings up the question that Joey you brought up earlier it's like is oklahoma not the most talented football team in the conference right now without by question. far not even close. without question it's not it's even just, close it's just about putting the puzzle pieces together and Which they did today the 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 good and the bad of this is the fact that they went through that gauntlet so early right like they they won't be able to get that quality win necessarily outside of like an Oklahoma state. Cause they already played Iowa state and Texas and so on and so forth. Baylor looks bad. West Virginia looks bad. We all know what I'm getting at, but at the same time they can go on a cakewalk right now and just pray for chaos. Who's who got, who's got kidnapped by the way. What's that? Who got kidnapped? Uh, let's see here. Um, going to Kansas and, um, what are you doing? Wow. Right what about that? That was is it, was it Amber absolutely Alert? awful. Was it, was it Silver it was Alert? Amber, it was an Amber Alert right on our show right now. <laughs> who was it? Black 2008 Honda Accord, Kansas Tag, which is my home state. Guys, I got to go. Guys. The cops are after me. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop that right now, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> What else we got to talk about? Okay. Anyways, no, we're still go ahead, call and finish your start. Sorry, I totally sidetracked you there with the Amber Alert. That just the noise caught my attention. You got but it too. <laughs> there was a whole lot going on there, but I, I think what I was just basically saying is Oklahoma doesn't necessarily get to play the caliber of team it needs in order to get a resume boost going the yeah. rest of the way outside of like an Oklahoma State. But at the same time, I mean, it, this is the time for them to just cakewalk and hope someone else slips up now how many slip-ups other teams have i have no clue that's what can't be controlled and that's going to be the biggest question mark moving forward this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, so I guess is OU ranked tomorrow in the rankings? Yes. And where at? Oh, fridge. I mean, if I think I'll, I'll have to see what everything else happens. Like, hold on, who who else do we got on the French here? We got we got Coastal. They won. Uh, USC didn't play. NC State lost to North Carolina. They're bad. Marshall, they're gonna win. Or one. Uh, Minnesota still got that one coming up tonight. K-State won. It, it's going to be close, guys. It's going to be close. 
Okay, but here, that's here, it. That's here's the, the deal. That's it. That's if you're an right AP now. voter or a college coach or the SID who really does it for them, and you see Coastal Carolina ahead of Oklahoma, give me a freaking break. You really think if they lined up and they played, OU doesn't drop. Brandon, we, half talk, we on talked them? about this off air. Like, half like, a hundred put, dropped on him at halftime. Like, like, put Oklahoma against Marshall or oh, it, like, like, do who are we picking as the legitimately the top 25 teams, right? Because, like, right now, BYU is number 12. And I think they're a top 10 team, guys. Like, BYU is good. BYU is really good. BYU, in my opinion, before I saw Oklahoma today, I said BYU on paper in the eye test, they're going to beat Oklahoma. Like, if those two teams play. BYU, to me, is still like that after today. I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma looked really good today. And like I said, I, I told Colin, I, I told Colin on Sooner Digest the other day, I was bullish on Oklahoma. Did I not, Colin? Yeah. I said I was incredibly bullish on Oklahoma this weekend. And what happened? They oh, took yeah, care they, of business, guys. Yeah. Even McElroy, who – is notoriously anti OU was talking about how good this team is going to be by the end of the season. Like he he said that guys are super talented. Yeah, and he kept he kept repeating it over. He's like, guys, this team is so much better than their record shows. The what you're seeing of this team, he said, they're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're talented, and they're super young. And he was talking about the 2021 version of Oklahoma being. Uh, a force and that's something we've all talked about on here uh, on OU Insider on the podcast Colin you and I have specifically talked about it uh, just what we see as a future with this Oklahoma program uh, it's hard to not imagine them being a really really good team constructed with everybody coming back next year for the most part and not being at least a playoff or national title contender in 2021. Colin, talk. Where, where, where do you see that? Do you see that as a realistic possibility? Do you see that as something that – do you still feel that way, I guess, is what I'm asking. I mean, you see what these other teams are doing now that we've seen the Big Ten teams play. We've seen the ACC teams play. We've seen – Yes, we haven't seen the Pac-12, but it's still Pac-12, so we don't really think much of it. They're an afterthought. They really aren't. They're really nothing in the grand scheme of things, outside of maybe Oregon and USC, right? So, and maybe Utah every now and then. So, do Arizona State as well? So, there's maybe four teams, maybe, that have some sort of say every so often. 2021, the end of this season. Is Oklahoma one of the better teams in the country? This season, I will say they are a, a New Year's Six caliber squad, whether or not they're 
record reflects that. I think right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like 2002 yeah. OU, where like everybody knew just how good they were, and they go out and they demolish Washington State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. They followed it up with like that 2003 season where they killed everybody. That's kind of what I'm getting at. This will be a team that will get a quality of opponent, not necessarily at its level, and they'll roll. And I, I still feel like, especially with Ohio State and Clemson likely losing their guys at quarterback, a couple of windows being open in the grand scheme of the playoff, Oklahoma's going to have the opportunity to make a real run in the next season. But in this season right now, Oklahoma is going to field a football team later in the year that it would definitely have wished they had towards the beginning. And that's <laughs> yeah. a copy statement, but it, it's going to be, it's going I firmly do believe it's going to be a team come bowl season that we're going to look at Oklahoma and say, man, if they had put together a complete 2020 campaign like this, they are probably back in the playoff. Right. That's kind of how I feel. I think if you want to compare, this season and like what you think this team could be. And again, I'm sorry. I'm so nasally. I've got the worst cold and, and allergies right now going on. It's killing me. <clears throat> but the think 2005 with Bomore, remember how bad they started the year and then they just progressed further and further and further by the end of the season. They're beating. This team is way better than 2005, by the way. Right, but I'm just going on how they progressed to where they beat the number five team in the country in Oregon to end the season in the Holiday Bowl, and nobody thought that that was a realistic possibility. And then the very next year, everybody's like, oh, the SOU team's going to be great. They're going to be number one team in the country. And we all saw what happened, Big Red Sports and Imports, kind of ruined that for everybody, but – that season and then that 20, 2002 team where you were like, okay, they started off okay. They ended the season on a drought, then then caught fire again after they lost to Oklahoma State. After that, they go and they just smoke the crap out of Washington State in the Rose Bowl. And everybody thought they, the next year you have that Tommy Harris – Crapping out. Nate Hibble. Nate yep. Hibble. Hey, Jason, of, Jason White was a Heisman candidate by then. By the way, Hibble. one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in Oklahoma history, Nate Hibble. Very like, much so. Guy, did guy, went, guy wins a, a freaking Rose Bowl. And MVP. He's the MVP of the Rose Bowl. Right, right. He's a Rose Bowl MVP. And – yeah, we're talking about Jason White and everyone else, right? Like Josh Heupel, Linda Jones, Sam Bradford. But guess what? The guy won a Rose Bowl. Do you guys remember the – speaking of the Hibble – you guys can go find this on YouTube if you guys are listening. <laughs> can you guys remember the Jim Traber and Doug Gottlieb comments about Nate Hibble on air after they just won the Big 12 title against – I do Carolina? I do not. Uh, admittedly, I do not. Go look it up. Google Nate Hibble, <laughs> Jim Traber, and – What did he say? Doug Gottlieb 
they they started bashing him. And if I remember correctly, Trent Smith, who his kid is in the same uh our kids play basketball against each other uh in Yukon. So uh his kid's a really good player. He's really tall, shockingly. Uh so I guess he's Trent said something like go ahead and say it to Nate's, you know, what you told us about what you told me about uh, the play of Nate Hibble and Nate's like, yeah, go ahead and say it. And they got real quiet and they didn't say it. And the, it keeps panning back and forth to the screen of them. And they wouldn't say it. It was just like dead silent, dead, awkward silence. I wish to God. Okay. I'm going to have to find it real quick before we get off the podcast. <laughs> it's killing me, but it was fantastic. Now, I want everybody to know that I'm not bashing Traber or anybody like that because he does a good job. Everybody knows. I just think it's one of the funnier moments in uh, the history of uh, sports talk radio in the state of Oklahoma. But so, okay, let's let's talk about this. Oklahoma has next Texas Tech. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about the big commitment real quick. When. They have Texas Tech next next week, right? Before they get this bye week. Oh, yeah. What do you think the biggest thing that Oklahoma has to worry about going down to Lubbock? Granted, we all know it's Halloween. Lubbock weirdness happens on Halloween Man, down what there. Ki- what kind of mask are you going to be wearing next week? Uh, my Jordan all black one that I wear all the time. Whoa. <laughs> It's very scary. Um, so the what, what what's the biggest thing Oklahoma has to worry about this week leading into the Texas Tech matchup on the road against Lubbock or on the road in Lubbock? Oh damn! Take take care of business it is the bottom line for me because okay let let's let's read it the rest of the way at Texas Tech in Lubbock. That's a win, guys. Like, you're, you're a better football team. Take care of business. First Kansas. Win. You're a better football team. No Puka. They got destroyed by Kansas State today. Yeah. First Oklahoma State. Really good team. To, to me, who Oklahoma is going to play in the Big 12 championship. Potentially. Potentially. Right. I think it's. I think they can beat Oklahoma State at West Virginia versus Baylor. It's five wins, guys. I. It's an eight and two season, and gonna need some help. I I think really what it just comes down to is now this is the time where Oklahoma has to hit the gas. If the energy dips or they kind of go into this Texas Tech game lackadaisical. We've seen it in the past. Kyler Murray goes into that game in Lubbock and boom, two interceptions. You're thinking, oh, this this could be an L. And I still hold the take to the day that if Alan Bowman stays in that football game, Oklahoma loses. So I I really do think, first of all, Texas Tech probably doesn't necessarily have the quarterback play it did at that time because Bowman's been banged up. I've heard the new guy that they bring in has been pretty efficient. I need to go look at some more of his film, though. But it's just clear to me that Oklahoma is going to have a pretty wide advantage in this game. And so now is the time for Oklahoma to really take a look in the mirror and ask itself if it wants to go on this run that everyone's kind of posing them to do. So 
that's the key for me, man, is I need to see a team that goes into Lubbock and just wants to dominate. There's a Look, hey, not, not, to, not to cut you off, Colin, but and you made some great points. Like, this is an Oklahoma team that has lost two games, in my opinion, that they should have won. Yeah. And today they went into Fort Worth and destroyed TCU. To your point, they got it. Colin, they got to go to Lubbock and destroy Texas Tech. Like, that. that's what they got to do. Because Texas barely escaped Lubbock at the beginning of the year. And we can say whatever we want about that matchup. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going on the road to Lubbock. So, I need to see a team that wants to win by 35, 40 points, if that makes sense. Okay, guys, here it is. Y'all, y'all need to listen to this real quick. Sorry, I got to hang up to the – I'm going to play this real quick for you guys. Listen to this. This is going to take just – it is hilarious. You remember that OU killed – God, man, hiccups are killing me. OU killed Colorado during that game. If you want to go Google this or YouTube it, go YouTube. Houston, WWL. WWLS Houston fiasco. Listen to this real quick. They're talking about, and they say that Nate Hibble had nothing to do with the win. Right? And they have Trent Smith on the air with them. We all remember, man, we all remember how mouthy Trent Smith was. Super mouthy. This is back. That boy could play. Yeah, but this is back when Bob was, like, relaxed with everything, too. And, like, was real cool with the media. So... They come on air, and they're all yelling and screaming. And Trent Smith says something, and then Al exit on even more. I love Alex Beck. He was the reason why I wanted to get in this business, like, for the most part. And all this happens. Watch this. Just listen to it. Guy, really listen to it. It is going to crack you, crack you guys up. All right, here we go. Taking us lightly either, so we got somebody else joining us now. Okay, he he owes me now. I just defended his butt big time. Uh, uh, we all did. Doug, yeah, we no, yeah, we did in a uh, little argument tonight. And Doug Gottlieb, uh, you know, it's, it's probably on his uh, his list now. What you gotta really feel great, Nate, after you know he's that was sent to us by the way. <laughs> Doug really likes that wins in a big Bottle championship life. ring. Yeah, I mean, it feels amazing. Uh, what do you mean you defended me? What was this all about? It was a little argument that you didn't have anything to do with the win tonight. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I was leader out there. Uh, I think I did. Uh, made some big throws. Uh, you know, Which missed, one said that? missed a couple. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been here, uh, you know, hearing it secondhand from you boys for a while. So, hold on, hold on, man. Who, who was saying that? What's that? Uh, <laughs> saying that was Mr. Gottlieb. And, uh, uh, that was got a face for radio. Hey, needs to be in a cubicle somewhere. You want to hop in, coach? Come on, come here, Bob. Get Bob in here. So who else was saying that about me? My buddy? <laughs> Tell me. He wants to no, win. We're not, we're not, we don't, we don't miss their was, I bet it was a bunch of basketball players. Hey, uh, we oh, got the guys at oh, oh. the brewery. <laughs> 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 Come on, guys. 
Please, for Channel 5 to get the story wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't even, I'm, I'm the only guy ever saying anything. Fake news. Don't even worry about it. I said it. Not, people aren't That's my response. Fake right, news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's right here. It's, it's not that easy for him, is well, it? Come on, Dougie. Come on. What? I never wanted to. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we did only throw for 120, uh, you know, yards tonight. But, uh, I mean... I'm not going to toot my own horn, but um, we won a lot of games when I've been at the helm, and uh, you know it's uh, that speaks for itself. Well, and, and, and Nate, you took what was given to you, right? I didn't want to. I didn't want to force. I think the biggest thing is I did turn the ball over, and there's a lot of a lot of uh, we got ourselves through penalties and through a couple bad plays and some third and longs, and and sometimes the better throws to throw it away. So. Uh, you know, we, we were hitting them in the first half, and I thought it was going to be a big night throwing the ball, but we ended up, uh, you know, running the ball and pounding them in the second half. I think there's kind of an unrealistic belief. Anyway, so you heard Traber say, I'm done, I'm done. And I, don't get me wrong, I think Traber does a fantastic job, and he's really good. I just thought that was a funny moment back in the day whenever all that Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, really, if you guys want to go Google it, Google it. It's funny. Um, it, it's watering the bridge. We all know that Traber is one of the all-time greats in this market. Um, uh, he's a he's a good guy. Um, I that and I don't really, if I remember correctly, it wasn't him. It was Doug Gottlieb that did it. Uh, and we all know he's risen to massive heights at this point in his career. Um, so it it was just a funny moment. I just we were we, the the whole point of it was to talk about. Trent Smith and how mouthy he was, uh, which was it's par for the course. Hilarious. The guy didn't say <laughs> a whole lot of things back in the day, but yeah, that was one of the better, better. Brandy, what's post, your like? We moments. we talked about uh, what I think is going to happen the rest of the season. What do you think is going to happen the rest of the season? Um, shoot. But yeah. Uh, okay, so I think they're going to win. Colin, and then Colin. Yeah, Colin, did you pick you? What do you think? What do you think the key is for next week? Well, that's what I said. I mean, I I, I feel like there's a clear talent separation, even from right. a couple of years ago. So it's it's a matter of Oklahoma wanting to hit the gas pedal at this point. This there have been too many instances where Oklahoma has underestimated an opponent, and then it ends up being an upset win. And an Oklahoma loss at this point isn't an upset anymore. So I need to see a team that actually wants to go out and win by 30, 40 points. Yeah. Well, okay. So we all know the issues that's going on down there with the quarterback, right? Alan Bowman uh, has been replaced, uh, or at least that was the case last week. I don't know if it's the case this week. Um, there, I've known Alan Bowman since he was pff, a little tyke, man. And his family, his his sister was or is going to be in my cousin's wedding uh, here next May. Um, and they played on the same soccer team uh, that won a national title back in the day, uh, one of the select teams. So I've known them for a long time. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he transferred. Because mm. I think they see the writing on the wall. As far as he's he's Kingsbury's guy, right? Like you can tell, like he was Kingsbury's boy, and he was really good under Kingsbury whenever he was was healthy. He kept having issues, um, 
I'm not saying he's going to transfer. I just that's the gut feeling that I have from things I hear at this point. Uh, it's a shame because he has the talent to be a really good quarterback. He always has. He was very, very good at Grapevine. Uh, and I thought he was really, really good as a freshman. It's a shame that they've moved on to a different type of offense and not really catered to his strengths. And that that's that's fine. They they have a way of doing things. It's won games at Utah State. Um, so they're gonna try they're gonna stick with their methods that has worked and it may take longer at Texas Tech, but they believe in it and they feel like they're gonna win in the long run doing the things that they did at Utah State uh, and doing the same things, doing those same things at Texas Tech, right? So I, I, as far as what I think OU needs to do, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, as you said, there's a big talent discrepancy between the two programs. I feel like... You know, one out. They're going to win out, man. I, I hear you, but I, I and I think OU does win out. I don't think that's a that, that's that's a crazy. I think you can see it. You can see it's starting to it's come together, right? Yes, yeah, build up. You can see the momentum building and building and building on this OU team. And as long as things continue to move in that direction, it's hard to not say that they went out because they should have won out. Period. They should be undefeated at this point. And they just lost that one game or two games now that they're notorious for doing that they shouldn't lose. I mean, that's an OU, that's an OU staple since the beginning of time, right? Um, how many undefeated seasons has OU had in the history of the program? History of the program? Yep. Oh, I'd have to look back. I think you can count it on one hand, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're talking 2000, of course. Uh, you, yeah. You're talking undefeated seasons, not regular yes. seasons. Whole season. 2000, 2000 was the last, of course. What do you, Colin, what do you, how many do you think it is? I have no clue. I don't either. I'm just asking a question, hoping you guys know. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm about to find out. Um, that that's that's a that's an interesting question because I think uh, how many seasons are you talking well well this is a discrepancy here because like we like we can talk <laughs> 1896 there 2-0 is that an undefeated season oh come on come on Joey what, what are you talking be better like, Joey like what are what kind of undefeated season are we talking about? Because to me, two thousand's an undefeated season. You went thirteen and zero. Right, that's a that's an undefeated season. Right. Okay. They've had 12, 1974, 12, 12 seasons. Nineteen seventy four. They were eleven and zero. Okay. Yep. Twelve. They've had twelve seasons. They've actually been undefeated. Hmm. So that shows you how hard it is since 1889. It's incredibly they, hard. They've only had 12 seasons where they've gone undefeated. 55 and six, 55 and 56, they were a combined 21 and 0. So having said that. You remember what happened then? What's that? I said, you remember what happened. Yeah, they went back the, to pack national titles, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so. A little winning streak, too. 
I guess, Colin, what do you what, predict? The, predict how OU, what is their record at the end of the season, Colin? I'm going to say that they went out, but I don't think they would. I don't think they're going to be able to make the Big 12 title. So, I'm with you. I, I agree. With I, you I you agree. know, that's when it becomes tough right now. Like, because what mathematically, like, Oklahoma State is about to win right now, guys. Like, it. And I think that's better. You would think this looks like this looks exactly like the OU. This looks like the OU Iowa State game right here. Yes. Yes. Look, y'all, y'all think Iowa State can lose two more times? Maybe to Texas. Maybe to someone else. And boom! If that happens, all you gotta do is one out, guys. In Oklahoma State has yeah, to lose that's, to that, that's what Colin and I are saying is you're asking a lot because there's so many things that have to happen for OU to make it in. And that's all they they've done that to themselves. They've done that to themselves. For me, I think they went out. I think they went out. I think they are what eight and two to end the season. And I think they win whoever they're bowl against. I think they end up being nine and two. And as weird as that is, that's a really good year. But it's once again a year where Oklahoma ends the season with two losses, which seems to be what they do. That's what OU does. They have two losses, whether it's the last game of the season and or they do the 2016 and 2020 start the season out one and two and just went out the rest of the way. That 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 to me is the main problem with this Oklahoma program, and I'm talking about the program as a whole, is that they're kind of stuck. They're stuck. Like they're like treading water and they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels like they're like, okay, this is who we are. They're we they're recruiting a lot better though. They like, are, they are, but the you have to get over that hump. Like they plateaued and they've stayed They're going right to. there. Something has to spark it to make it then, then to be something different. You know what I mean? Like something has got to do it. I don't know what that something is. Maybe call Colin. Do you know what that something could be? How about a defense? Well, okay, that's huh. an easy answer. That's an that's easy a thing, answer. isn't it? <laughs> that's the that's the answer that everybody's gonna say. But the defense as a whole is like is there a player that you could see being the spark, being the difference that makes it, okay, well, now we feel like we can do this because we have such and such playing at such and such spot? Well, that's the thing is that they have to collectively uplift their recruiting as a whole on the defensive side of the ball, and that's what they're just now starting to do. So the hurdle's not going to be jumped until – but is they, it something they just now started to do? They've been they've been recruiting really good as far as like look at go down the line at even starting dating back to 2016, 2017. Go look at those defensive guys that they brought on campus. What were they ranked? How many stars did they have? Look at the offers they had. So they're not the only ones that offered those guys. Why why did they struggle to pan out at OU? Like, what is the issue? Like, there's, 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 there's it's something tough to tell, man. Because, I mean, the develop, the talent development at Oklahoma is really good. I, not question. 
No, I agree. I just I, I'm finding it. I think I'm 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 like scratching at something that <laughs> not even the coaches understand. Like they have no idea what happened. All right, I haven't seen it. I'm delayed, so don't ruin it for me yet. Is something big happen? Something big happen. Something big happen. Okay. Something big happen, guys. That's on what the she podcast. said. That's what she said. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's been a good one, right? Yeah. Okay. So finally, all right, let's let's get our final. Th- oh, quickly, uh, Talon Shetron, Colin, uh, huge pickup, right, for Oklahoma. Uh, I sent you the audio. For those people that don't know, on OUinsider.com, we have a call that I had with uh, Talon and his dad this morning. Uh, we spoke at length about the commitment before, long before it went public, and. It's up on OUinsider.com. Colin has some quotes from it in his breaking news story. Um, Colin, thoughts on Talon, thoughts on the player they're getting. Is he a guy that can move up, in your opinion, to be a top? Oh, my God. Not to catch you off, guys. What a a catch by Charlie Kohar. Oh, now you're you're where I'm at. Now you're where I'm at. So, Mr. real quick. OK Preps. Mr. OK Preps. Yeah, Shetron's a really good football player. I like Gabe Brooks' evaluation of comparing him to Tyree Cleveland. I think that's a very good comparison. Shetron, along with Hudson and Burden, that's an absolute incredible trio. I mean, look, man, there's not much else to say other than the fact that they went out and got one of the best players in their state, and that's what you have to do. So, right, and I'm excited about what the future, man. He's going to be a big time player at Oklahoma. Yeah, this OK Preps 2022 class, just talk, talking about the state of Oklahoma, is stupid talented. Stupid talented. Guys, might not be a catch. It's under review. And what an effort, though. That to me is what could propel this Oklahoma. This uh, everybody wants to talk about how good this 2021 class could be. You you close out with Billy Bowman. You close out with Tristan Lee. You close out with um, Kamar Wheaton. You close out with uh, I don't know. I mean, there's several several guys. Who who else? Savion Bird. Savion Bird. Savion Bird's the big one. Yeah, he's yeah, the big yeah, one. Yeah. So you close out with one. those guys, and you've got a chance to be a top five, top six class. The thing is, is this OU's 2022 class could be better than that without a five star quarterback. Say they land. Oh, who who would be a good quarterback for them to lay and call him in 2022? 22, Connor Wagman. That, that's Locke. who I, I, I want to land. Yeah, um, Braden Locke is a guy I've had my own for a while. Yeah, I like Locke a lot too. He's yeah. a big Rhett Lashley guy, and I trust Rhett Lashley's eyes. So, yeah. I, there are a couple – you mentioned the OK Preps scene. I will say real quick that the, the 2022 class in the state of Texas may be the best that the state has seen in a very long time. Yeah, that's kind of. I think. I think that's why it could be one of those seasons where OU, because of just how things worked out, where this is one of the best classes to come out of Oklahoma in a long time, and then you have one of the best classes to come out of Texas, makes it pretty easy for OU to have a really, really good recruiting class because they don't have to go very far. Then you look up at St. Louis, where Oklahoma has made a killing the last several years, and it's loaded as well in 2022. So. And then you got the – they're doing so well in D.C. It's loaded once again in D.C. And 
you get lucky with a Gabriel Brownlow Dindy and his family having so many freaking connections to the state of Oklahoma, to the University of Oklahoma, and him being the number five player overall and the number one defensive tackle in the country. Uh, when those things line up and all the stars just happen to line up in your favor, life can be pretty freaking good on the recruiting trail. And that's kind of what you're seeing with this class starting out. It started they're out rolling. They're doing hot, good, man. Yeah, they're hot right now. Um, I, I, I want to say that I like the Tyree Cleveland uh, comparison. Can I say that I also think he reminds me quite a bit of CeeDee Lamb? Quite a bit. Frame. Ah, I like it. Uh, frame, the way he can high point a ball is. CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. Leading all rookies in NFL right now and receiving. So I I I think that somebody took Henry Ruggs. Yeah, so mm. I think that I think that the just the way that those two play, Tyree Cleveland and and I think Tyree and Cle- CD are very similar attributes. I think CD's better, but uh, I just think that that's uh, to me that's a good comparison as both those guys, uh, just frame stature, the way they play. Uh, the way they can control a ball game with their athleticism and the way that they can turn a five-yard hitch route into something that is just <laughs> – and the same thing with Luther Burton. Luther Burton reminds me of CD2 where he can't be tackled inside a box, uh, and I think that's something that you can't teach. The, ba- the ability to see things happen before they happen on the field when you're out in the open and have the ball in space is God-given, not something that's taught. And some people have it, some people don't. And I think with Shetron and Burden, you have guys that can do that. And that's something that Caleb Williams in particular is going to have a really good time, you know, tossing the ball around. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's um, okay. So let, let's let's finally discuss and close out here before we head out. Tristan Lee not showing up to Ohio State. By the way, guys, not to get you off, but who 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 are we picking? I know once we publish, it's gonna be after this. Who are we picking in Game Four of the World Series, guys? I get the Dodgers. I have. I'm no going. I'm, I'm rolling Dodgers. <clears throat> I'm going with. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like guys. He doesn't like Mookie Betts because he's a Red Sox fan. Yes, pretty much. Uh, the, but back to that question that I had the Colin, how does that, how does that, how do you see that playing out? I mean, how big of a move is that? It kind of, you know, smashed all hopes of, I even bought into, okay, Ohio state's going to be a problem here moving forward with Tristan Lee. And now it's like, you're like, wow, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I hadn't put my crystal ball in for Oklahoma. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm running out of reasons not to CB Tristan Lee to OU because there's so many things I've heard behind the scenes that have me going, oh, my God, like this is working in Oklahoma's favor. This is working in Oklahoma's favor. You still keep hearing this LSU stuff, but you hear way more Oklahoma now. And that, to me, is a sign of, okay, things are really starting to move into that with him, his parents, his mom going to move to wherever he goes. So how, how much how much of an emphasis should we put on the no-show to the Buckeye Bash this weekend? 
I'm not going to put too much on it, but I do think that if Oklahoma is able to get him on campus here pretty soon. Which sounds like it's happening, yeah. It, I think Oklahoma is going to be sitting pretty. They I'm with you. That, the, I, I keep saying, I well, I'm going to put in a crystal Guys, ball. I agree. This happens or this happens. Like people don't understand. I'm I'm so picky about my crystal balls. <laughs> that sounds so weird to say. I'm still I'm still I'm really picky about my crystal balls, guys. I'm telling you, they shine. It's the most important thing, right, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, just polishing them. Like the most uh, important thing in your life right now. Yeah. So, but I'm very picky about it, and there's a reason why. And Colin is too. I will give. I will tell you, Colin and I. We talk about it all the time. I'm like, ah, oh, I really want to, but you don't understand the stir that it causes. When we put in a crystal ball, it's like all hell breaks loose. My phone blows up, and you can go to these other sites, or people send you links to these other sites, and are like, this guy's an idiot. What a homer, because he picked this and this. And you're like, no, there's a reason why I did it. I don't just pick it just to pick. I'm not just throwing it out there because I think OU's going to get, or because I want OU to get the guy. I don't care where the kid goes. It's what we hear. It's why we put these crystal balls in. It's it's really simple, but yet it's very difficult to to make those picks because of just how much of a stir and an issue that it causes throughout the national scene. Colin, you can probably uh, you've probably been through some of that where you put one in and you're just like, holy crap! Now everybody's coming after you because of it. Oh yeah, especially not only football, but since I do basketball stuff, I get I'll get. The basketball people will get after you because they don't. Oh, they, yeah, they Kentucky, do. Kentucky. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so uh, you got to be you got to be careful with those. Yeah. So does do you want to? Well, 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 does Oklahoma get Tristan? We're just gonna put it on. Okay, we're gonna make this prediction right now. We're gonna put it on a platter right here. Yeah, right here, right. A little now. silver I'm, platter. I, I'm gonna do it as well. Wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well. say no comment. No comment. Well, okay, you don't have to. Colin and I will do it. Uh, so, Colin, I'll give mine. You give yours. I don't like to say. Stuff. Did, did, stuff. Yeah. Does Tristan Lee sign with the University of Oklahoma? Right now, I'll say yes. I agree. I agree. I think that there's a lot of no comment. Yeah, there's. Thank <laughs> Joey. Joey just he's fence riding. Uh, I'm always I'm, I'm always politically correct though, right? Yeah, I, yes, you are. Yeah, no, no, always. No, well, I never say anything that's over the top one way or the other. I, uh, <laughs> ne- never, stick to never your, ruffle any feathers, you know. <laughs> stick, stick, stick to your brand. That's what your brand right? is, and stick to it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do soft. it. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, this podcast, I mean, it was such a simple game. It was such a simple game to talk about. That's why we bounced around a couple of different other things. Uh, it just was very – this podcast was much like uh, the game where uh, just very dominating and yet very confusing at times with some of the things that you saw happen on the field. Um, we, we wanted to, you know, keep that going with how we constructed this podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, right now. You can go to OU insider and I believe tomorrow, December, or December, October 25th uh, at 11 PM. 
the one dollar you pay one dollar and you get two two months of OU Insider VIP access, which means that you get all the way through December National Signing Day, which is the biggest National Signing Day there is uh, each and every year, especially the last three years. That's how it's played out. You're not going to get official visits and all this stuff. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so you're going to expect to see all these guys uh, still sign in December. Uh, and so you want to be signed up to OU Insider. Stay on top of that if you love recruiting. Also stay on top of that and, and sign up with us if you like team because you're going to get all the way through the Big 12 conference play and really close up until the uh, end of uh, the the season and the beginning of the bowl season. That way, that that way, you can sign up if you want to do one more dollar to end in your three month, the end of season, and you want to be done with it. If you're just still trying to figure out whether you want to or not, do that. Go month to month. That's you can do that. We're here for you. We're okay with that. Uh, so one one dollar gets you two months. Can get you all the way through the month of December, uh, and you should have some some fun with that. Uh, and a lot of good VIP access with Colin, Joey, myself, RJ Young, Brian, Brian Bishop, and uh, all the other OU Insider uh, members uh, putting out stuff each and every day. I'm telling you right now, thousands and thousands of topics started uh, on OU Insider. It's fun. We have so many members. Uh, we're one of the fastest, if not the fastest, percentage-wise growing uh site on 247 sports we 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 proudly say that because it's grown so much in the last three years thanks to my colleagues that were on this podcast with me and rj young brian bishop it's been fun it's been a blast to be a part of this and work with these guys uh if you don't want to do that one dollar for two months get you two months free uh you can you can sign up. $75 gets you a whole month. Or you can wait, and I think Monday, 50% off, which means that I want to say like 60 bucks or $56 gets you one year of access, which is normally around $120. So there's that as well. I mean, there is a lot going on on OU Insider. We're going to have a bunch of news coming up. I'm going to have my predictions for 2020 and where I think Oklahoma stands with a lot of 2022 uh, targets. I'm going to have the update on Tristan Lee. I'm going to have the update on Billy Bowman. I'm going to have more on T- Talon Chetron. Colin's going to have a ton of stuff coming from the high school games that he went to this weekend. Uh, I mean, it is going to be a huge, huge week covering recruiting leading up to the game against Texas Tech with a bunch of team news, VIP access. We'll talk about the suspended guys coming up, what we expect out of them, what we're being told their contributions are going to be first Texas Tech. Uh, some of the injury got injured guys coming back. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss all that. Jaden Hazelwood, everything will have it on OUinsider.com. So stay tuned, stay with us. Thank you all for listening to this podcast and y'all have a blessed night.